Welcome to this rebroadcast of an interview with Chris Shea, founder of Life's Journey Life Coaching. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com. Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the Today I have with me a gentleman by the name of Chris Shea, and he comes to us to talk about his blog and uh, some of the work that he does as far as helping individuals find inner peace. And you know, I know that each and every one of us have those rough patches or those rough times where uh, inside we're either doubting ourselves or we're questioning, you know, why is this happening to me or who am I to think I can do this or that variety of different questions that, that creep up in my mind from time to time. Shoot, just today, as a matter of fact, I was questioning, I had some of that imposter syndrome coming on, and I'm like, who am I to think that I can have a podcast, and I can write a book, and I can put these messages out on Facebook and try to make you feel better? Well, it, again, that's just that imposter syndrome kicking in, and I think if we were able to uh, to look deeper inside ourselves, we could find the confidence and the inner peace we need necessary from day to day to get us through each and every day. So with no further ado, there's that saying that I'm not a fan of, uh, I would like to introduce Chris Shea. Chris, how are you this evening? I am doing wonderful, and it's great to be with you, and uh yeah, I, I hear you about that imposter syndrome. I, I think it affects many of us, including myself. Yeah, and I don't know that uh, you, regardless of how long you're doing whatever it is you've been doing, uh, it still creeps up on you from time to time, whether it's in sales or entrepreneurship or just raising a family. Oh, all of the above. Uh, you know, uh, that's something that I have to fight with. And, and it really seems to come at those moments when I'm trying to start a new project and I'm getting partway through the project and then all of a sudden that kicks in, you know, and, and it's like right there to say, you know, what are you doing? Just stop what you're doing now, you know, keep, keep where you were. What, why are you starting something new? And, uh, I really have to step back and, and just catch myself and ignore it. I find myself asked, having to ask permission from the wife, going, uh, can I start this project now? Since I bounce <laughs> back and forth from time to time. So, Chris, you have a website. It's called lifesjourneyblog.com. And uh, on there, it, there's some information about you and how to work with you, and even a couple of your books are listed on there. Tell us more about Life's Journey blog and Life's Journey for you. Well, you know, the uh, website that you see now is nowhere near what it was. Um, really, when I started doing Life's Journey, uh, and the reason it's called Life's Journey Blog, because the only thing I had on there was a blog. Uh, way back in, would have been the summer of 2012, is when I decided to start writing the blog. And... Honestly, the blog was just to be reflections on my life as kind of a public diary. It's, it's just a journal of here's some things that I'm thinking of or trying to figure out, uh, things that I wanted to write down that I could go back later. 
And I figure, you know, if, if somebody else reads it, great. If they get something out of it, all the better. Um, but really, it was for me, ju- just to put it out there. Sure. Um, gave me something to do. Um, but really, over those years, it has now morphed into, uh, you know, still a blog, although I, I've converted over kind of what I'm writing a little bit. But it moved into going from a blog into a company, which is now Life's Journey Life Coaching. And I'm now out there in my private practice where I see people in office, online. Um, I'm out doing uh, keynote speeches and talking at conferences. And as you say, the books are on there. So it's really grown and expanded from what it was. But to kind of still keep that reminder for me of, of the origins. Uh, that's why I still keep that original uh, web address of Life's Journey blog, because uh, that's that's really where it all began. Sure. And it's always good to you know maintain those roots and remember where you came from. <laughs> Most definitely. It, it, it keeps you humble, you know, if you, if you know where your roots are. I have a hard time with that as it is, you know, having this phenomenal web uh, podcast that I have and being as popular as I am, I have a hard time keeping my, my ego in check and all of that was well, sarcasm. So <laughs> I, I don't know how you walk around without being mobbed all the time. So <laughs> well, you, apparently you haven't seen me cause it's pretty easy from that regard. I promise. So, so now Chris, I, I see that you do a lot of addiction counseling and I have had several guests on the podcast that have fought through and are either still in recovery or have, I kind of have a, a different perspective than what some are used to seeing when it comes to addiction. And I say this as someone that fought addiction myself. I think you beat it. I, I think you control it. I think you empower yourself uh, and put yourself in a position to maintain a, a level of sobriety. Now, at least that's that's was what, how it worked for me. Now, I've seen mm-hmm. some other folks that that still struggle. They get clean and then they they backslide and you know they start using again or whatever it may be. But I know when I stopped drinking, um, there were a couple of plans that were available uh, to pursue, and one of them obviously would probably be AA. And then the other one is something that you know you're up in Maryland, and you may have heard of Smart Recovery. Have you heard of that before? Yes. Uh, we have some meetings near me, actually. Oh, that's awesome. So I know it's it's growing. I know it doesn't have quite the foothold that AA does. But when I was introduced to SMART, I was like, man, that is what I personally can use because there's an end goal. You know, with SMART, SMART's not where you go. F- you, you create a, a hobby or lifestyle out of it. It's self-management and recovery techniques or trainings. I'm not sure what the official T is, but anyhow, you're following me, I think. And oh, yes. w- with SMART, you eventually stop going. You eventually recover and you move forward. And that's something that I've always struggled with and have a difficult time understanding is how do these addiction counselors and how do programs like AA, how do they, this is sounding kind of rude and I don't want to sound rude, but how do they continue to um, treat you as an addict, even though, you know, you'll hear people come in and they'll give their testimony of I'm 20 years sober and this and that, that to me, that's sober. What's your take on right. that? 
Well, you know, if, if you would have brought this up, I, I've been in, in the addiction recovery field 20-some years now. Had you brought this up about 15-plus years ago, I probably would have said, you know what, you don't know what you're talking about, and maybe even hung up. Right. <laughs> well, I'm asking. I, I, don't, I don't claim to be an addiction specialist. I just uh, claim to be a recovered no. alcoholic. But but I, I say that because, you know, over these couple decades, I have really changed, and, and I don't know if I'm going to say grown with it um, in, in my outlook, but really changed in, in that outlook that, you know, people, people come upon their addiction for many different reasons. And in that same way, people can move into and come upon their recovery in many different ways. And when I was taught as the young little counselor there, uh, you know, here's the way to do it and make sure you get all your clients to do it this way. Made sense to me as the young little counselor. Um, Hopefully now a little mature and definitely older counselor. No, there's lots of ways to recovery. And in my mind, what's going to work for you is what I want you to pursue. Sure. And if that's, you know, keeping you living your life in a very healthy, well-balanced way, hey, more power to you because that's the goal. You know, the the goal isn't like AA membership um, and increase that, you know, X amount of whatever. It's to help you to live a healthy, balanced life. So, yeah, smart recovery has come around later than AA did. I think that's why AA still is getting all the publicity out of this. But smart recovery has a lot going for it. Um, and my background in counseling is cognitive behavioral. Uh, that's what I've been training. That's what I do. And that's really where smart recovery comes out of. So I, I really can't disagree with their tenets. What I will say, though, is any form of recovery is not healthy if it's going to become another addiction. <laughs> there are those that I will say who are involved in AANA, maybe even smart, but where that becomes your new addiction. Right, right. That's not healthy. Um, you know, really recovery is about a healthy and a balanced lifestyle. So, um, no, do, do I see, you know, where smart recovery is helpful and works for people? Oh, definitely. And I've had some of my clients, um, the reason I know there's meetings near here is uh, to look into that, you know, who have said, I, I can't do AA, I can't, um, which is fine. You know, if you can't do it, fine, but you got to show me something you are going to do. Right. You know, because obviously you can't keep doing what you're doing. And the other thing I'll say is in most cases, and again, I can't say all, never say all. In most cases, you can't do it alone. So whatever kind of fellowship works, I think, you know, you, you need to do something to have somebody else help you through it. No, I don't disagree with that at all. And that's, you know, that was definitely one of the cool things about SMART as well. You still have the meetings and you still have the support yep. groups. Uh, it's just that for me personally, and I understand what you're saying and I hear what you're saying there. And it's just that for me personally, having a goal was critical. 
And it wasn't so much, and maybe I took it from the wrong perspective, but, you know, here I am almost five years sober. It's it's not a lifetime by any means, but it's awesome. an extensive period of time. Um, hey, it's your lifetime up to now. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but that was one of the things that I really needed to focus on was that goal, was that goal of being clean and sober. I was never addicted to any kind of drugs, but an addiction is an addiction, you know, and there I am what? minimizing actually, uh, well, I was never addicted to drugs. <laughs> well, it's, it's the same yeah, thing. Really. It's an addiction, right? So uh, Definitely. again, though, just for me personally, the goal was great. And just like you said, man, you know, it, it doesn't really matter uh, what path you take as long as it's a nice positive path to get you to the, uh, to the level of sobriety that will allow you to live that full and balanced life. Well, exactly. And something that's going to sustain you, you know, because it's great. You know, you're saying five years, others have, you know, more time, others have less, you know, whatever it is. But what is it that you're going to do that's going to sustain this? So whether you want to call it a disease, whether you want to say I've overcome it or I'm still working on it, whatever the words you want to use, if your goal is I'm not going to have another drink. How are you going to do that each day? And whatever that is, you know, for you, hey, awesome, do it. I, you know, hope it continues if that's your goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying by, you know, having that end goal. Some people need, you know, that that end goal. And, and that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah, you know, and, and too, I mean, we're kind of walking on hollow ground here in, in that it's a very sensitive subject for a lot of folks, you know, and, and that's why I try to speak to it from an experience perspective. But at the same time, I'm still very, very ignorant overall and how it impacts so many other people because everybody's, you know, it's like a thumbprint or a fingerprint. It's, it's everybody's unique in their addiction and their uh, path to wellness. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think with a lot of advances that we have had recently in science and all the um, neurosciences, uh, the advancements that we've had in psychology and counseling, we need to also put that in, into the addiction, you know, uh, field. And, you know, back when I got into this, those advances weren't there. Uh, so, you know, you really had a lot of anecdotal evidence. And where did the anecdotal evidence come from? Well, the, the rooms of AA and NA, uh, you know, so you just continue to perpetuate that. And again, that was fine. But I think nowadays when we're seeing how does the brain work and how does the brain work under the influence, how does the brain work in recovery, um, you know, what are some of the new techniques like SMART coming out of cognitive behavioral work? Uh, which came a little bit later than the formation of AA, you know, so how do you start incorporating some of these, you know, newer techniques that seem to be effective into what we already have? And, you know, maybe some things need to change and morph a little bit. Oh, there's always room for, for the evolution of a process. And uh, th that doesn't stop with, with AA or smart or NA or SA or any of the A's. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. <laughs> well, like I say, if, if it works for, you know, someone I'm, I'm backing you, I'm all for it. As long as it's maintaining you in a healthy, well-balanced lifestyle, a hey, go for it. I, I'm happy. Cause I mean, that, that's the goal. That's why I got into this. Sure. So yeah. Hey, cool deal. 
All right, so switching gears just a little bit, talk to me about your books. You got a couple of books on the website I see here, and yes, uh, both of them are on Amazon. And uh, looks like there you could purchase some. Can you buy them on your site? You can. Oh, you can order them here by clicking on the book covers. Look at that. You know, yep, this is just, just click a blog. there. It'll take you right to Amazon. It's not just a blog site, folks. It is. It's. It's a portal to everything Chris Shea. So tell me about the journey to inner peace and coping with adversity in life. Both of those are two separate titles there. Correct. Um, both of them are out. And I mean, they're also available on any other um, online source. So if, if for those who love Apple products, it's on iBooks and all of that too. But the point of, of these two books, and, and they're short, they're short on purpose. Um, this is part of a series that um, I'm hoping to bring on another couple, uh, you know, coming in in the near future. But it's really to start to synthesize the way that I'm viewing myself in the world around me, and how can I bring in a sense of inner peace given what's going on in the world. Um, so, what I've been finding, you know, throughout my practice is so many people are stressed and anxious and looking for, you know, some relief from that, trying to find happiness and success and all that great stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> all that great stuff. Exactly. Do, all that great stuff. Do, do these, well, and I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, uh, go do, ahead. do you think that these uh, desires to succeed and, 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 and struggling to find inner peace, could that not lead us right back to the addiction side of things? Oh, sure. Bring us down. Go ahead. I know. I've heard it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm the, going on a positive point. You'll bring it right back to the addiction. You know, I just, I really love addiction. I love it. <laughs> no, but um, in, in all seriousness, it seems like this could, this could be maybe yes. a guide to get you out of the, the quagmire of, of addiction or at least help you on your way to a more positive place. Or, as you said, down into the depths of. But. <laughs> But this actually brings me into what what makes my message a little bit different from some of the messages that are out there, because the way that I'm looking at this is, is most people are trying to find happiness in life. Sure. And the way that I view it is happiness is great. I'm not putting it down at all. But happiness is an emotion and emotions come and go. What I'm saying is, instead of looking for this goal of happiness, which also is dependent on what's going on around me, not necessarily myself. Sure. I'm looking for how do we find an inner peace? How do we find a depth within ourselves that regardless of how I feel, regardless of what's going on around me, I'm still comfortable and at peace within myself? I think that's very possible, and and that's one of the things the the books are you know beginning to look at, you know, especially the second one with the adversity. You know, when we do have challenges in life, how do we maintain that that level of inner peace? And you know, when challenges happen or addictions happen, you can't be happy at the same time. You know, happiness goes out the window in, a, in an heartbeat. But if I have an inner peace in me. I can get through whatever adversity there is. It's still going to be an adversity. It's still going to be difficult, but I can still do it, hopefully in a healthy way, because I have that inner peace about me. Do you think that coping with adversity is a 
not necessarily a lost skill set, but a lesser defined skill set these days? I believe it is because our general society is very much a pleasure-filled society that says if you have any ache, pain, heartache, anything that doesn't make you happy, then find a way to make you happy immediately. And that could be with a prescription med. It could be, you know, through some illegal ways. It could be through drugs, through gambling, through sex, through whatever. But it seems that society is saying it's bad to feel any type of adversity or any type of pain whatsoever. Well, I think we're, we're programmed we're that way to... with the TV and, and, and all of the other inputs well, with the video games and, and all everything is instant gratification these days. Oh, exactly. And and you see it nowadays, and, and I, I, I'm guilty of this too, but, you know, when was the last time you were at a fast food restaurant complaining it's going too slow? You know, I mean. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but look at this concept, fast food, and that's too slow. I mean, wh- wh- what's next? You know, that yep. the three minutes on my microwave is just way too long now. Um, so, yeah, we, we are so geared to, you know, get what you want when you want it. And never be, you know, discomfort. Well, in a lot of ways, that's exactly what many of my clients who were addicted to substances, that was their mindset during their addiction. You know, so, yeah, let's bring it back to addiction. (laughs) That's what was creating and sustaining their addiction was I want what I want when I want it. And, you know. I, I think in in a healthy lifestyle, sure, there's times when we have pleasure, of course, times when we're happy, yeah, but there's going to be times that we're not, and there's going to be a little bit of pain in life, and, you know, maybe I have uh, physical pain that, you know, a certain med can help with, but I'm still going to have a little bit of it, or, you know, I'm going to have an emotional discomfort for a little bit before I move on, and that's okay. But we seem in our society to say, no, get rid of it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to go against by saying with an inner peace, that's a whole different ballgame than finding, you know, this quick pleasure, usually in something outside of myself. So without giving away the plot of your book, how how do we find that inner peace? (sighs) It's somewhat easy, but the practice is difficult. Um, Part of it is we need to start living in the moment, and I focus a lot on mindfulness, which is all about living in the moment. Uh, The other part of it is we have to start to reflect on ourselves, learn to like and accept ourselves for the good and the not so good within ourselves, and figure out what are my values in life. Because when I start to you know, mesh my inner self and my values with how I'm thinking and acting, then I'm going to have that inner peace. I think a lot of us lose that inner peace when what we believe in for ourselves is not how we're acting or not what we're allowing society to tell us. That's where you have that incongruence, and then that's where you lose that whole piece because it, it's now, well, wait a minute, society says this, but I believe and feel this. 
Sure. And I mean, I'm, I'm very guilty. You know, I'm 45 years old. And even today I sit here and I go, man, you know, what if so-and-so doesn't like this shirt that I have on, you know, maybe I need to go buy that shirt or what if I, you know, I I don't, (laughs) and I do this, not just through my podcast, but even through life, I very rarely take a public side to anything. I don't really pick a team. I don't really pick a fighter. You know, I, I don't really pick a political stance. I don't, about the only thing I choose is, is uh, you know, I tell everybody I like Batman. I mean, if you don't like Batman, then, you know, whatever, that's fine. But that's about the, that's an innocent stance is the reason that I say that. And right. that I don't feel like, honestly, other than being called a nerd at 45 years old and still liking Batman, I don't think that there's judgment that can come from that. But everything else, I still, to this day, can't shake that fear of judgment. Is it the judgment from the outside or from the inside? Well, the outside, but the outside judgment without the approval of the outside. And I'm, I'm putting my feet up on the couch right now, doctor. Uh, I, <laughs> without the, I'm starting the clock, too. <laughs> send me an invoice. Um <laughs> But uh, the uh, the approval from outside, and you know, I know I'm not the only guy that's this way. Or, or oh, yeah. everybody wants to get some sort of approval, whether it's on an intellectual level, or whether it's on a physicality level, or you know, you have the coolest toys, or whatever it may be. My wife, she has to have all the. All, she, she's a she's addicted to shopping. There's no if ands or buts about it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, if I could ever find who owns Zulily, I would like to sit them down. <laughs> and say I am not your friend, but uh, you know that's her thing. She goes to bed every night. She takes her iPad and she's zoolilling it up because they have new stuff mm-hmm. every day. It's like, come on, guys, once a week's fine. But um, anyways, it's it all boils down to the same thing. It's it, it's it's got to have acceptance. Can't be judged uh, negatively or or you know even just the, the slightest bit, and it just crushes my soul. And and. That I mean, you are not alone, and that's most of us, and and that's where I'm saying that my message is easy but yet difficult in practice because my response to all that you just said comes down in my mind to one question: Why? See, you know, when you're talking about all this, you know, I need this acceptance, I need this, this, you know, I why? To what end? What does it really matter? That's the bottom line is it doesn't, you know, that's, exactly. that's the fact of the matter is it doesn't. But even knowing that fact, so many of us still struggle with just trying to get that acceptance, even though just because somebody liked your shoes, you still come home to the same person and they're right. not even thinking about your damn shoes. <laughs> oh, most definitely. And, and you know, the, that's what makes the way that I'm looking at things so difficult because we're all doing it and we all know that we're doing it, but we keep doing it. And then we keep saying, but I don't feel at peace or I feel stressed or I feel, you know, on this hamster wheel. And I, you know, and at some point that's where I, I turn back to that mindfulness and say, at some point we're going to have to just stop. And I don't know how often each of us just stops and we've got to just look at ourselves And yeah, we know that answer. We know that it doesn't matter, but I still feel inside that it matters. And that's where I've got to stop, really start to examine myself and begin to be comfortable in myself to say, you know what? Not only do I know it doesn't matter, 
but I really believe that. And I really don't care. Honestly, truly don't care. And that doesn't mean I'm going to go do whatever I want, you know, but to somebody who, you know, is the stranger, I, I'm not going to care if you like my shoes. Now, to my family, maybe I do care if you like my shoes just because I respect your opinion. But even at that, I might say, well, I kind of respect your opinion, but no, I actually like them. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, though, that's where it comes in and where we have to continually fight that is in those moments so that we can stop in our day, do a brief meditation where we just focus and stop because we're, we're going to stay in this hamster wheel and it's going to keep going around and we're going to keep telling ourselves, Oh, I know what I'm doing, but I don't know how to stop what I'm doing. Well then just stop. Long pause is intentional. Just stop. I, fig <laughs> <laughs> I figured, you know, that, that'll help us in, in every arena of our lives, not just in your emotional stability, but in your day-to-day -day, uh, operations, whether it's at work, whether you're, you're driving down the road and, and you got all this road rage, just, just like you said, man, just stop and recenter yourself and, and move forward and continue that forward momentum. Well, exactly. And, and, and again, for, you know, your listeners, I, I, I'm, I get how difficult this is because yeah, I'm human and I do the exact same things, <laughs> but I I've spent, you know, very consciously since that summer of 2012, you know, up through now, really consciously trying to change the way that I perceive things. And it's taken this many years and is going to continue to take more years. Um, of just conscious effort of saying, I'm going to think of things different. I'm going to perceive things different and try to maintain that sense of peace about me because it's important. And I like how it feels. And when I start to lose that, I'm going to have to even more consciously bring myself back. Um, but in some ways, let's go back to, you know, addiction and recovery. To me, that's what recovery is you know, from addictions, it, it's that daily either struggle or reminder of certain things I, I just can't do and certain things I have to do different if I want to live in this healthy way. You know, I think some, some of us are just addicted to misery. And yes, that is true. Also <laughs> that I have met people like that. Yes. <laughs> They're actually happy in that misery and however you want to define happy for them. <laughs> You know, you, you often hear that, that saying that they're not happy unless they're mad. And uh, I, I think it goes yeah. even deeper than that. You know, they're, they're not happy unless they're sad. So I'm not one of those people. I enjoy having a good time. I enjoy smiling. I enjoy laughing. And uh, I enjoy my podcast. And hopefully you've enjoyed being here, too. This has been a pleasure. I, I, I've loved every minute of it. I see why you're so popular and famous. Uh, exactly. I mean, it's a given. So, Chris, do me a favor, if you would, give me uh, one little parting tidbit of wisdom. And I just started doing that on the last episode. I, I, I made that up. So, I'm, once again, awesome. Uh, and then oh. follow that up with your contact information, your Facebook, Twitter, however you like for people to get a hold of you and where we can uh, review your latest musings. Well, tidbit of information... Let me end with one of my favorite quotes. We do not see things as they are. We see things as we are. I can There's some that. wisdom there. Yeah. 
That's the name of the episode now, right there. There you go. There you go. Okay, well, how do we get a hold of you, Chris? The the quickest, easiest way is go over to my website, lifesjourneyblog.com. And that's where you'll find all the contact stuff, the links over to all my musings, my podcast, my books, um, my social media. Everything is right there. Yeah, real quick, what is your podcast? Uh, The podcast is called On Finding Peace. And uh, I try to interview people who are uh, either struggling in that journey or who have some very creative, out-of-the-box thinking ways that they have found that inner peace. And and so I, I interview people like that, and hopefully we can learn something from wiser minds than mine. Cool deal. And it looks like that's available, what, on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all the big all players the there. and. Uh, yep. Hey, are you on Alexa? Can I can I find you on Alexa? I don't think I'm there. Are you on TuneIn? I haven't in? tried it yet. I think you have to be on TuneIn. Hey, Alexa. I think I'm on TuneIn. Play, uh, play on Finding Peace. She found uh, Finding Peace, not on Finding Peace. She gets confused uh, so easy. You know, I tried finding my podcast because it's on there. And she goes, I can't find really random. <laughs> readily so she found it eventually but it it took some trying so well chris thank you very much i appreciate it it has been a pleasure and uh, that it has i feel much lighter and much freer and much more peaceful on the inside now that we've awesome started. so have a great night thank you very much thanks you too all righty bye-bye listening to this episode with Chris Shea. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com.